On today's episode of Scientific Healing, you're going to hear... You know, that people would say, you heard voices? Yeah, sure. I didn't think they were real people. Like, I, you know, I could tell the difference, but, but, but the, the voices or the energies that I was suddenly aware of were showing me and telling me things that I wouldn't have otherwise known. You know, really, it wasn't possible that I would have known those things. And I was sharing those messages with other people. And when I felt uh, compelled to and discovering much to my surprise that it was all real. I just remember during that whole time walking around going, are you serious? You know, this, this stuff has been true all along. Are you kidding me? You know, here is today's scientific healing tip. I also want to talk a little bit about quantum leaps. So the quantum leap is a, an illogical jump that has no known path. So in a quantum leap, you have two states. So in, in, a, in a, an atom, you have a lower state, an upper state. And when the, um, when the electron drops to the lower state, it emits some sort of energy, you know, like laser light is one of those emissions. Okay. Right. But the process is instantaneous. Like, you know, it goes from here to here with no time, with no time lapse and no obvious path. There is right. nothing in between. It just here and then it winks out of existence and it comes back here instantaneously. So, yeah. so when people say make a quantum leap, that means that there is no logical path. No logical and, path and it's instantaneous. And it's instantaneous and it appears to wink out of existence and come back in. And if you think about when somebody's learning a new process, like let's say you have an ice skater and he's trying to do a figure eight and he's trying to do a figure eight and he's trying to look, like, that's one of the rudimentary things. Right. And they keep trying and you know, they keep falling down on the foot change and they keep falling down and they keep, and then all of a sudden they go from one day not being able to do it to the next day, being able to do it perfectly. Right. And that's, yep. that's the way it is with everything. That's what I call, would call a quantum leap. And that's the same thing in energy healing is that we provide that quantum leap to go from one state to another without knowing how that, how you got there. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has amplified results with hundreds of my clients and healing students. When you're ready to feel energized at the end of the day after working with your coaching or healing clients all day long while expanding and growing your practice, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me or connect with me at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. Today, my special guest is Melissa Seaman, an energetic spirit with a really intriguing history. She's a recovering attorney. No, really, seriously, hardcore Stanford educated. That is a far cry from what she does now. She is now a professional intuitive, oracle, and business strategist. Her clients range from Fortune 100 executives, can't wait to hear about that, <laughs> to inspired women leaders from all walks of life. She can help you find your soul's genius. Melissa says that genius is a process, not a destination. Mm -hmm. By learning how to tap into your genius, you can create aha moments at will. When you are in that state of your genius, you can create prolifically because you are creating according to your natural design, bringing everything into a state of ease instead of struggle. She has helped thousands of people around the world to discover their deepest gifts and her soul gift business school, which guides them step-by-step by step to bring their gifts to the world. At the end of this interview, Melissa will tell you how to find your soul gift for free with her unique process, so stay tuned. Let's let Melissa tell her story of how she went from attorney to professional intuitive. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a delight. Yeah. Yeah, we've been circling around each other for, uh, what, a couple of years now? True. Yeah, we see each other. We light up. We go, oh, another kindred spirit. <laughs> There's my sister from world. another mother. Yay. <laughs> And I listened to your show for on a on a different podcast, and I'm going, oh my god, I could have said all those things, and I started to get yes. 
<laughs> so I said, you had to come on. Oh, thank you. Right. And so, you know, going from a professional, like a, like an attorney, which is like so right, so left brained going into something that's so right brained is just like me moving from scientist left brain to, to healer right brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm can't wait for, for you to tell that story yourself. I'm sure yeah. everyone else is curious how you made that big jump. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you that I didn't expect it. You know, I was living happily as a lawyer <laughs> with uh, one child and another one on the way. And it was actually uh, during the birth or with the birth, I should say, of my second child, which was my daughter, Clarice, who's now 17 and a half. Wee! <laughs> and it was that birth that not only ended up being a super fast, easy, delightful uh, even pleasurable experience, um, quite unlike the first natural birthing experience, which was a lot of work, as we know it generally is. <laughs> and after that birth with Clarice, I just, my own intuitive awareness took a huge leap to the point where I was really hearing other sources of wisdom. Um, you know, that people would say, you heard voices? Yeah, sure. I didn't think they were real people. Like, I, you know, I could tell the difference. But, but, but the, the voices or the energies that I was suddenly aware of were showing me and telling me things that I wouldn't have otherwise known. You know, really, it wasn't possible that I would have known those things. And I was sharing those messages with other people. And when I felt uh, compelled to and discovering, much to my surprise, that it was all real. I just remember during that whole time walking around going, are you serious? You know, is this, this stuff has been true all along? Are you kidding me? You know, I was at the same time really scared because I thought, oh no, I'm going to, I'm turning into one of those woo-woo people. I'm turning into one of those people. You know? I know. I'm a respected business litigator and I'm turning into one of those crazy folk. And um, so it, it definitely took some getting used to. And I know that you can relate. So yes, it's like we get dragged kicking and screaming into it. But a little bit. Mm -hmm. right. A little bit. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I kept getting knocked on the head until I got really sick. And I had to oh, heal wow. myself out of that, that illness because oh, medical science had no answers, right? So <laughs> So, and I'm going, uh, okay, God, whatever. I'm ready. Just, just do your thing. <laughs> yeah, there does, there, it is, oh, I can relate because at the time, and even now people look back and say, wow, you were so brave, Melissa. You were so brave to do that. I'm like, what did I do? It happened. And I, I, I rolled with it and it, it didn't feel, at the time, it didn't feel like a choice. At the time, it just felt like, yeah, you have. Uh, I, I don't have a choice, really. I mean, this is who, boom, here I am. I'm different. You and can't unhear it once you hear it. Not really. You can't shut it down. You know, you could, you'd have to really, I think, damage yourself in order to shut it, uh, shut down an awakening process like that. And, and by awakening, I just mean awakening these, this particular aspect of intelligence. And we have so many different aspects of intelligence, we have so many different ways to channel our genius. And this is one that, unfortunately, in this culture, just isn't really talked about as much. It's um, not accepted. But the thing that's really interesting, and I'm sure you know this, too, because I've, I've worked and also observed many very, very high level, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs. They're the ones that earn the millions and the multi-millions, right? And, and all of them have a spiritual practice, a very profound spiritual mm -hmm. practice, because mm -hmm. when you own a business, it's, it's personal development on steroids. It's like every little flaw in your armor or whatever, mm -hmm. every little thing that you don't have right mm -hmm. gets pointed out to your face, like here it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, right. And you can't unhear and unlisten and unknow once you know, Mm. and um, it's true. Like, I have a lot of people saying, I don't believe in that stuff, and I go, well, I only believe in evidence, I tell them. <laughs> That's right. And Check it out. Try it <laughs> out. Yeah. And we have a lot of scientific evidence that mm -hmm. shows it. Not only that, but we, we have also the mathematics, the well-developed mathematics that describes mm -hmm. the, the transition from this 4D world, 4D meaning the three 
three physical dimensions and time mm. into the world of information, which is what we're both tapping into. Mm, I see. Right. Mm. So, mm. so this is what's important for people to realize. And because I can, I can, you know, um, contextualize it in that manner, I get a lot of people that never would have come to somebody like me before. Right. Me too. right? Yeah. And, and the other thing is some people will say, well, how do you work, Anastasia? And I'll just look at them and I'll just give them a quick reading and they'll go like, oh, how did you know? I've never told anybody that. Right. And I, I said, your body told me. Mm. So, right? Mm -hmm. So who is it that seeks you out? Generally, it's people who already have a creative bent, um, but it's often people, instead of spiritually minded people, many of the people who reach out to me are people who are creative professionals, um, industrial designers, company founders, uh, innovators, new thought leaders, who are already quite open to their to channeling their genius and giving their soul's gift in the world, they, um, and they're often in the midst of sort of an upgrade period, yeah. which can feel very disturbing because as you know, um, the old way of doing business kind of shuts down when it's time for the upgrade. <laughs> so Yeah. It's like, you can't do the old, you know, push, push sales. It's now more like attractive or magnetic sales. Mm -hmm. Like when you have a business, right? That's one aspect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The old, the old way of doing business and the, we have to up level also our integrity. In other words, our integrity has to be impeccable. It just doesn't work. Mm hmm. And so what is the typical pain point that people who come to you, what do you solve for them? The people who come to me are looking to open that creative channel to be able to create on demand, to be able to integrate these intuitive gifts and the new awarenesses that are, that are lighting up in them mm -hmm. um, into their business and to create a business strategy that reflects this integration. So I work a lot with sourcing um, and helping them stay open intuitively and creatively, but then making sure that that travels all the way through into what are they creating? What's their niche? What's their clear direction? What are the phases of business that they're going through? And I love creating business plans with people that are phased business plans that co-align with the phases of their awakening process because they know they can just feel it. They, they're like, you know what? I can't, I know that I'm going to be in this state for another six months. And I said, you're right. That's about how it's about six to nine months and you're going to go through it. And while you're going through it, you're not going to be able to do business in the same way that you were. So let's get strategic and build a business plan where you are transitioning into where you're headed. You know where you're headed, but you're also not pushing yourself to get there immediately because the truth is you're in this process. There's yeah. a process that's unwinding. So it's really, it's creating a business plan and a map and a structure so that um, very intelligent, perhaps overeducated, wink, wink, like you and me, people <laughs> who oh, yeah, we don't know anything about are that. also creative and intuitive <laughs> and make sense of what's happening and can actually leverage what may feel chaotic or scary, can leverage that shift to improve business instead of feeling like everything has to go on hold while they do this uh, weirdo woo-woo thing that is accidentally happening. Yeah, and it's not really accident. It's that we all get tapped on the shoulder. Like, you know, when you're ready, it opens, it happens. Yeah. Sometimes like I, from our perspective, it might feel like a big surprise. And on the other side of it, I think looking back, it's easy to see, oh, that wasn't that. Of course, that's what, yes, of course, there's order. But I, I find that a lot of people who are in the tumult of it, and myself included, and perhaps you as well, it's, it, it, it does feel shocking, and it, it does feel chaotic, and it does feel crazy making, and it does feel scary and different. And, and so I, I love being there for people in the, through that process and being able to say, it's okay, I know where this is going. And um, I know some of the stages that may well you'll be traversing and there's a plan for this. Let's use it to leverage your business. Yep. Yep. And that, that's really true. And the, the, that opening up of that awareness, that con that opening up of the consciousness, meaning 
awareness and knowledge of mm. what our true, really true nature is. Mm. Because most people are living in this, it's shut down so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I was lucky. I'm like fourth generation being intuitive on one side of the family. We don't know how far back it goes on the other, but both of my parents, my dad's a clairvoyant. And my mom was intuitive. My grandmother was, uh, uh, she, she could see things that were happening into the future. Mm. And we had lots and lots of dreams. And all her dreams were very meaningful, the ones that were like these vivid things. Mm-hmm. And my great-grandmother was like that. So we, we know that. And all of my siblings and my children and my nieces and my grandchildren. <laughs> wow. Well, so, I was Catholic. <laughs> and I was... I was happy in the Catholic church and I was a a liturgist and a song leader and a retreat leader within the structure of the church. So for me, it was not something that it's not comfortable. There is no road paved for that. No. And the thing is that um, what, what's not that, what's not that really looked at is when I talk about muscle testing, which is a response, for example, of the body to the information in your subconscious, Mm -hmm. right? It's a very, and there's lots of precautions because it can go wrong in a lot of ways. And some of the people call it divination. There's like whole pages and articles written about how horrible it is and how it's against um, how it's against uh, Christianity and religion, but yet the disciples and Jesus went around to, from village to village healing people and comforting them. And then, you know, it also says, if you believe in me, you will do these and greater things, right? It's all, we were all given that choice. Like you're helping birth people into a new paradigm of thinking and a new paradigm of reality for them. And being able to embrace it and actually run with it and really create something really amazing with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I love and I love working with people of different faiths. And because I was raised Christian, I still consider myself a deep uh, with a deep respect for the Christian faith and for and certainly for Jesus. Um, some people who are who are deeply aligned as Christians, I love to to do the work with them, and we call on Jesus, and we devote the entire work through Jesus, and that's it. To me, it's the same, you know, whether it's whether we call um, the spirit of love, God, or Jesus. That's all um, it is. It's the spirit know, of love, right? Yeah, that's the. We can't. We can, you know. I do not claim to understand those giant forces that um, that guide us in good ways, nor do I claim to. Uh, totally understand all the the less than good and helpful stuff that's in the world, but I feel that our our devotion, um, the devotion to love and goodness and the highest good, is where we all meet. And so, um, I imagine that God has a lot of uh, a lot of room for <laughs> for yeah. mistakes and for um, you know a lot of. Um, different ways of looking at things. And so that's the beauty of it is that for every human being, we all have a very different view on what spirituality and religion and God and the creator and all that. It's all different. Like in my, in my certification program, I have like four different faiths. It's, it's really awesome. I love it. I love having them all there because Mm -hmm. we can all now meet on common ground. Mm -hmm. So what's the typical result? You know, you have them going through this birthing process and they're like primed and ready and you end up, they end up with a business plan and a track. Is that where we're going with that? It often is. And yet, as we know, the business plan is, is the beginning of a whole new chapter, mm-hmm. which is the journey through integrating the worlds and creating what, um, what we came here to create. So yeah, it's true that I often will start with someone by doing a deep dive a VIP session with them and, and identifying exactly what's their life purpose and then exactly what's their right role here and who they're really here for. And then how does that translate into a niche and a strategy and a business plan? And, and that is often what people come to me for because they hear from friends, somebody gets one and then they're kind of, you know, their whole community's like, Oh, what are those? And, <laughs> but, but in addition to that, or after that, there's also, um, uh, I have, I have a lot of free material, 
uh, like on my Facebook page around genius incarnate, the genius experiments and um, different experiments that people can use to keep their creative channel open. Um, and then with the people that I continue doing coaching and teaching with, the result is that they feel plugged in to their intuitive source of the aha. They, they instead of waiting like, oh, I hope I get a good idea about this, you know, or accidentally just getting them in the shower or went on vacation, um, they can learn ways to open that channel so that those ahas are available at will, you know, and for people who are paid for their creativity, that's a huge result. It's right? really, it's really huge. I have mm -hmm. to agree with that. So yeah. when that flow is open and when they're aligned with their soul's gift and how they create, um, just money comes easier. The relationships come, everything just opens and comes easier because they're in their natural flow of genius. And that's the, so the could you like name a specific case, like, you know, no giving names, but just sure. like where they were when they started. Yeah. You know, when I met, um, <laughs> When I met this one person, a businessman who's an executive in a company that we all recognize, um, he was just changing his career. Mm -hmm. He was just stepping into this new huge role in a big, you know, multinational conglomerate. And at the same time, he was having some spiritual awakening stuff happening. So he was starting to have sort of visions which is a creative designer person, you know, he's used to having some kind of those soft visions that we get. Let's like, Oh, that's an idea. But these were coming harder and faster mm -hmm. and he could feel that they were good. And he was concerned that having this awakening um, of this creative intuitive ability while he's stepping into this very uh, corporate uh, container he was worried that it might mess it up, you know, both directions. And so we created practices for him with him to um, anchor his spiritual awakening, um, even in short little times. Like it, there were lunch break practices, there were morning practices, there were ways to transition into his home life because he's also a parent and a partner. And, um, and the, the real key, especially for busy executives is, finding ways to do this where you don't have to go sit on a mountaintop for five days because there's, they don't have time for that. So really um, leveraging ancient practices that are very specific and making them modern. Um, and then, you know, after about six months of working together, it's funny because after six months, I remember I said, so let's count coup, which means let's, let's celebrate how far you've come. And he was like, have I come far? Like he, it didn't even wreck, register to him at first have i oh yeah and then i said well tell me about where you were six months well i was feeling really scared i was worried about these visions i wasn't getting along with my partner that well i was having a lot of doubts about how i was parenting i didn't feel and i'm like how are you now he's like well now when i need when i need support i know which of my guides to go to i know which practice to go to now i know i've got my idea space which happens in the shower you know when it's with my breath work and so everything kind of ticks along I said great and how has that affected the way you are at work he's like well I'm just so much more comfortable um you know I've 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 moved up I'm now working with the founder directly and it's just and it's funny I love that I love that my clients don't look at me after six months or a year and say you changed me. It's all about you, Melissa. They say, well, now I'm just, I'm just different. And, and that's, that to me is a sign that they're truly integrating the practices, that they've made them their own, that they're comfortable in them, that they're not something that they're putting on or carrying around or projecting onto me. Um, so for me, that's, I'm proud of that. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you can give them, like we have an abundance of information. And all of us know the information that we need to do whatever it is we need to do, but it's actually putting those things into practice. Mm. Right? 
all those things that you're giving them that information but once they put it it's it's their doing it's a co-creation you give them the roadmap go this way right and they say okay let me try it on so they try it on because they don't have another option i've had um i had a uh, one of my friends had her awakening at about the age of 35 and it was like she was sitting on a beach one day and all of a sudden she could see the other world, right? Mm -hmm. She could see all the spirits and she even says like she'll go into her bathroom and she goes, okay, everybody out, everybody out, <laughs> tells them to leave. She says, I'm, I got to be here alone in my shower because she said, <laughs> because she said everywhere she goes, it's just like full of spirits. Mm -hmm. And she said, I didn't know they existed before. And she had to quit her job. She was, um, she had just gotten, gotten a contract to be in a popular TV series as an actress. She's a very beautiful young woman. And um, she couldn't do it anymore. She, you just like you, once you open up to that world, it's like that, that old way of being. If you can't adjust your environment to suit you, so that's what I find really amazing about your work is you're helping these people that are going through this awakening process be actually be able to use whatever it is they've already know, you know, whatever mm -hmm. their, you know, whatever their training is and continue to work in it. Cause mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't stay as a scientist. It just mm -hmm. like, it was not possible mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I, I just had to, and it just got really, really loud where I finally said, okay, okay, it's enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And, I have to admit, I wonder sometimes what it would have been like for me to actually stay and see how I would adjust myself within the culture of the law, for example. I don't really know because I didn't have the kind of support that I can now provide people. It mm -hmm. seemed to me like it was just such a radically different world. And yet it does seem that the, this sort of awakening thing, it's not always spirits flying at you and spirit guides talking to you. It's, it really it varies from person to person what the experience is. It could be Sometimes the gradual whisper you know, first you hear it whisper and then it gets louder and louder, you know, like the, the voice in your mind. You don't have to hear it physically, although some people do. Like my brother will hear it physically, but I, I don't. I just see the words in my mind, but I also get images flashed into, into my mind. And these images keep coming and I didn't used to get them. Now they're coming fast and, and furious. If I just sit quietly, the images will start popping in. And I've always had the knowing and what I call clear sentience, where you feel people's emotions, you feel what they're thinking, you feel what they're feeling physically on their body, wherever there's pain, mm -hmm. or whether, wherever there is a deficiency in energy, mm -hmm. right? So, so those, they come on gradually. The more you pay attention, the more they'll come on. It's kind of like having a gratitude practice. The more you say, you want this, like I'm so grateful I'm here and I'm healthy and I'm so grateful that I just got this new bunch of money today. The more you're grateful for that, the, so whatever you focus on grows. So as you we focus into these things, like it's it, it'll keep tapping on your forehead, like, hello, hello, we're here, we're here. Until you finally go, okay, I, I acknowledge you're there. Mm. <laughs> so it can be slow. And that was how my experience was because I had a lot of, um, so I'm, I'm highly, uh, what's it, uh, telepathic. I'm highly telepathic. And when I was in school and people were stuck with an answer on a test, they would ask the teacher, what does this mean on the test? And then I would hear the answer and be able to write it down. <laughs> so I was like, how did I know that? I don't know, but it sounds right. So I'd write it down and it would be right. Mm -hmm. So I would hear answers and see things that I couldn't have known or seen, but it was like little, little hints, little hints. And then as I got older, it got louder and louder. So, so interesting. For me, it yeah. was not, it was not like bang, open the door and here we all are. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it, I imagine that you're probably a transmitter in my system because it just sounds like you are a very sensitive, aware and, you know, listening like your your instrument is constantly listening and transmitting. It sounds like. Yeah. And it, exactly. My my um, type, my uh, what do they call that human design type is projector C and then out the mouth. That's all I have. That's the only mm -hmm. defined place. <laughs> Whatever I see, I, it, it gets interpreted and it comes out. 
Mm-hmm. And that is exactly right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people I work with might be creators who are more, you know, the people who have a soul gift of creator are more like the, probably like the scientists that you were working with when you were in science who really understands they're designed for systems. I imagine that you learned and, and were, you know, you obviously were very successful learning how to run systems and yet you're this sensitive transmitting being. And that's, that's true. So many intelligent people, you know, we were born as our true soul gift, but then we'll learn whatever we feel like we need to learn to be valued in culture and to be effective in our lives. So yeah, well, it's as if it's as if it was planned for me, because when I was seven, I decided I was going to be a scientist at the age of seven. I was only in the second grade. Wow. Like, who does that? And it's obviously know. this was in the 50s and I'm a girl, right? And I had this idea I was going to be a scientist and then I became one. Wow. And what it was I almost like you're seeing right? you saw that you would be a scientist. <laughs> what uh-huh. did I study? The vibrations of matter in quantum physics. Hello. Go transmitter. Yes, totally. <laughs> so let's dive deeper after the break into your particular process and some tips for the listeners to get started listening to their own and bringing out their own genius. Mm-hmm. I want to remind all of our listeners, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Today, my special guest is Melissa Seaman, professional intuitive and soul gift finder. When we return after the break, we'll dive deeper into her process and show how you can discover your genius. You can actually do simple physical manipulations on yourself to change your mental, emotional state, release blocks, and even um, release things like pain in your body. And of course, the backup to all of these techniques, the backup is to work out also the spiritual, the emotional, the mental, and then relieve the physical. Um, I have a process that does that. We go through um, one step at a time and clean up all of, so you didn't, whatever condition that you have, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical, whatever condition that you have, especially if it manifested in the physical, was usually years in the making. You didn't get it overnight, years in the making. One of the ways that I work is I find out when something Uh, got manifested in your body like go back to that year and then rewrite the story uncreate the story redo the story so it's as if it never happened it's as if if you imagine your life is a tree and here you are at birth and each decision that you make will create a different branch right so you have all these branches of possibilities and you're ending up somewhere along the branch And by doing energy work, it's as if you did not make that decision and instead you made a different decision and you end up on another branch. So that's the way I view energy healing with regards to to whatever your life is now. And the great thing is that we are infinite beings of light, powerful beings of light, and we can change our history and we can rewrite things and we can create whatever life we want. And I'm ready to have a conversation with you if that's what you'd like to have in your life. Either learn it for yourself or to um, have me help you with it. So I have my contact information is scientifichealer.com forward slash contact or scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. So you can either write me or have a conversation with me and I always answer the You know, I always answer whatever queries come through and I do it personally because I'm very interested in hearing out, hearing what you would like to hear. Welcome back. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. If you are a healer or coach, you can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes by going to scientifichealer.com forward slash action and download the action guide for discovering the, your biggest challenge to success. Before the break, we were talking to Melissa Seaman about her unique process for helping people find their genius. Welcome back, Melissa. Hi. 
I'm so excited to be talking about this process further. Thanks, Dr. Anastasia. Yeah, so, you know, we talked about a typical result. Somebody is like gone. Did you have any really, really tough cases that, that you know, turned out to be amazingly successful? Mm. I can tell you that there was, <laughs> what pops to mind actually is the day that I first met uh, my stepson. So my husband, as I like to call my ex-husband, um, had just gotten together with a new uh, partner and she had a son. And when I met him, he was really uh, in a state, in sort of a shutdown state. And he was, somebody was tempted to diagnose him as autistic. Somebody was tempted to diagnose him as a problem kid. And, and I could just sense this kid's energy. And I thought, oh my God, if I could help this kid, wouldn't that be so cool? And, uh, and they did have me give a session for the kid. And, you know, with a little kid like that, I don't do it even in person or just long distance, but I got access and I just remember, and you, you know, this is a healer, you know, <laughs> when you feel really invested in someone, sometimes it's, it's harder. It's harder to work your gift with them because your ego's in the way and your desire's in the way and, and it can be frustrating. But I just remember sending out such a prayer for this because I thought, you know, who would I want to help more than the beloved of my beloved husband? And, um, and so I gave this kid a session and sure enough, you know, immediately she called me and was like, what happened? You know, I can't believe this. He's, he's playing, he's happy. And I remember in the session, it was just a lot of clearing work, a lot of stuff. And, um, and a lot of heaviness removed and, you know, because I'm also very visual, like you were mentioning, you have a lot of visual ability. And when I'm in that particular clearing mode, which is something I do with all my clients, clear, clear, clear the stuff that's in the way, the self-sabotage mechanisms and the heaviness and whatever. And so I did that for this little boy and I saw those guys at a family gathering just like a week later. It was the first time I'd seen him since our session. And the first time I had met him, he didn't really want to, he didn't, he was hiding behind his mom. He didn't want to make eye contact. He um, was kind of withdrawn. And, and when I saw him a week later, I didn't, I didn't recognize the kid. It's I, she and he were across the room and suddenly this little five-year-old, I think he was probably five, four or five, just comes running at me with his arms like this and jumps up into my arms and is hugging me and hugging me. And, his mom was just sort of jaw dropped open, like, oh, he never does that, you know? And I was just like, wow, this, I was so grateful. So when you ask like a tough case, I guess that one was kind of my own, my own tough, like my own desire. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I love, I love helping children. I'll, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I actually often, that's where I do most of my charity work is if mm. I, if I find a child and, I'll do something. Um, I mean, yeah, that's really awesome because they, there's so many of them are now born awakened and the, their parents and the people around them just don't understand. And they're confused. Like, why doesn't my parents see that? Why doesn't like, I, I read a story of, of, um, <laughs> of a child who could see colors and he, she could see the colors of when the parents are lying. So she would see like when the parents are lying there, those like these, all these colors come out mm. and she would look at them. She says, don't they know that I know that they're lying? <laughs> so she would go along they might not with even it. know that they're lying. So yeah, yeah. They, right. And right. she would go along with it and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. But of course didn't believe them because she could see the lie coming out. And so the parents don't know what to do with these children. And so by helping them and then helping the parents, there's actually a woman down here in this local area here that um, that's what she does is she helps helps bridge the gap between the enlightened child and the unenlightened adults. And yeah, so, so what you just did, that was, that was really amazing. So talk, let's talk about those things that people get blocked with. Um, tell me about what you think about that. Well, I think that people get blocked with um, 
it depends on what type of person they are. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously we kind of all feel that sometimes we get blocked by our, our attachments, our pains, our traumas, our old stuff. And sometimes it seems like it's not even from this lifetime or it's older than that. It's ancestral or past life or, um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot. And I feel gifted and with this ability to, to be able to see that as well as to be able to see people's gifts and to see their purpose. And um, I know that's a gift. I know that's something that comes through me mm -hmm. and that I'm just able to, um, to witness, as you say, to perceive that information, as you put it. Yeah, that information is, is really important because um, a lot of people can't see it. And I, I say the same exact thing. It's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm just the instrument. I'm just mm -hmm. like the wrench. It's the, somebody else is holding the wrench and turning the mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, I'm just the instrument and I'm a willing instrument because I feel like it's part of my purpose to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It feels good when we do, I believe, well, I've noticed and in my clients as well, that when we align mm -hmm. with the type of genius that we're designed to channel, and give the gift that we're designed to give in the world. It's just like, it feels yeah. so good. It's <laughs> that sense of fulfillment and of being at purpose and at use and in the right place and in the flow. And it's, it's people talk about the flow state a lot now. And I'm like, yeah, well, where's that flow moving? You know, we are the channel through which that flow moves. Mm -hmm. so my flow state just means, am I in a good enough state to let it flow? And to not expect my flow to be the same as yours or somebody else's. And now that's why I developed that soul gift system is because I noticed that a lot of us are really trying to be a different intrinsic type than we are. And we don't have to do that. And so you mentioned human design, which is one really beautiful and complicated. Yeah, system. it's an interesting system. But I don't, I don't ever like the idea of pigeonholing anybody into one of those things. Mm -hmm. But when I read all about me, I'm going, yeah, that's exactly me. Yeah. There are parts of it where I'm going, no. And one of the other, some of the other systems try to peg me as one of these really systematic types. Like mm -hmm. I have learned how to systematize, mm -hmm. but that that's is right. not my natural thing. Right. Like the books that are behind me. Right are not systematized they're neat and i did it because i needed a neat backdrop but right. there's also little messy corners too uh -huh. <laughs> well you're a transmitter so in, <laughs> you know and that's why i focus on the soul gift system because these are the types that we came in with mm -hmm. so if you are a transmitter like i believe you are you've always been a transmitter even as a kid you were magically healing people around you and they People would either be, wow, I just want to be around you. I just want to take you to lunch. I just want to hang out. Or they'd be irritated by you for no reason because they didn't want that evolution that you bring. They would well, find it irritating. The common, the, so that's interesting. The common comment I would get was people would come up to me. I think I'm getting sick. And I'd say, no, you're not. <laughs> Let me check. No. <laughs> and two days later, they go, wow, you were right. That? right. How did Usually you when I feel that way, I get really sick. And, and then later I realized I had, I had healed him in that moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's your transmission. You, you reorder their DNA or something happens there. And you put it in order without trying. It's just, and that's what transmitters do. They're just constantly emanating a certain frequency and it's different for every transmitter, but this, but the similarities across the board are that they're very sensitive um, and they feel as if they really shouldn't have to work because they're working all the time. And this is something that, you know, I talked to when I do business planning with transmitters, the trick with that is finding a niche where people are, have an excuse to pay a transmitter to basically be in their presence, to be listening to their voice, to be touched by their body, to be just touched by their transmission. Interesting. And people, because you are a scientist and trained in that respect, then people might imagine, oh, she must be what I would call a creator, which is a systems person. They understand money. They understand hierarchies. They know how to, they're constantly critiquing because that's their gift is to critique and improve all systems. And so a lot mm -hmm. of scientists have that, that sole gift to bring in the world. 
And then there's, uh, there's messengers like myself. I focus with words. You're a messenger too, and that you're a speaker and a teacher. And yet we receive a transmission from you even more than just your words. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the words themselves that often hold the transmission for people. That's interesting. Because so for me, it's whatever gets overlain on the words, the emotion, right. exactly. the energy, yeah. the word, the energy of the words, the transmission, you know, the sound of the voice. Because when I record while I'm healing, if I record my voice while I'm healing and I listen back later, I feel the energy moving. And other people do too. That's right. Their energy moving. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's the transmission. That's interesting because it's in the carrier waves. It's all physics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and that's, we're so lucky that you did study all that with all those creators so that you could, your, you know, advanced mind could also explain to us your true nature as a transmitter. But in terms of you personally, you are probably really most in your joy not when you're critiquing and analyzing tiny bits no, of data and, never. and improving things, the systems and blah, blah, blah. But really when you are emanating this wisdom that you are, and that's what makes you a transmitter. If you were an explorer, you wouldn't care about any of that. If you were an explorer, you would be all about testing the limits of things, which in a sense is another form of scientist. Like they want to travel, they want to try new things. They want to test the limits of this body. Um, yeah, that was like, I used to chuckle about that, you know, the work that I did was spectroscopy. And mm -hmm. what that means is that you're measuring the vibrations in a material. But what I used to do is compress them and change the temperature. And so you can imagine the atoms are changing uh, interatomic spacing. And so now the electron density between them changes and it changes the vibration, you know, so what'll happen is you'll compress them and the guys would come in and they just try to crank up the pressure really fast just to see what you see. Mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do was see what happened as you did it. And some of the materials we looked at were very complicated and the way the vibration changes as you raise the temperature, some of them would disappear and new ones would appear and, it, and later it would look like you should have connected them together. Mm -hmm. So you get like these really bizarre things and, and I did it very gradually until I got the whole pattern out. So it was like artwork for me. And um, I, I enjoy artwork. I do artwork. So some of these things behind me are my paintings, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's just like, for me, science is you have a brush stroke here and a brush stroke there. And, oh, how can we connect these? And for them, it was like what you're saying, they're explorers. Let's just crank it up and see how what happens when we just take it to the end and push the limit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I go, yeah, but you can't get there from here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so it's a real gift when you recognize what, you know, what you are intrinsically. Yep. When you realize, oh, I'm intrinsically actually this. And some of this other stuff I was trained into and some of this other stuff my parents pressured me into not to be mean, but just because it's what they were and it's what they knew. So, and it's really useful. Common. It's really useful to be able to put on the different hats and be able to understand, mm -hmm. first of all, the other person and to be right. able to do those things. It helps a lot in relationships. So, I mean, I find it a lot when people take the soul gift quiz and they get their result and they get that knowing mm -hmm. because it's not about whatever result I say or the quiz says it's what happens when you get the result and it goes Oh, oh shoot that's totally me that's what we trust that's the truth bringing that's in awesome. our own bodies right and so a lot of people when they have that experience they go oh now i want to know what my husband is now i want to know what my kids are and i was surprised actually when i had my son colin take the quiz the first time i said oh colin you have to take this little quiz i put together you know it's like seven thousand people have accidentally taken it now um you should take it and i want to know but I'm pretty, I said, I'm pretty sure you're a messenger like me. I was just sure he was a messenger. He took the, ki the quiz and he's like, mom, I'm totally a researcher. And I was like, you are, but you're so verbal. He's like, mom, I'm always watching everybody. Mom, I'm, I'm the not emotionally dramatic one in the family. Haven't you know all the things you said about researcher, that is me. And I was so kind of mortified because I thought, oh, I didn't even know my own kid, you know? And I was like, you're right, of course you're a researcher. 
Oh yeah, my you're gosh, putting the, your filter on. That's them. right. And I could find so much really... closer to him. And then I mean, it's mm -hmm. my own freaking system. You would think I would notice. And I, I was still, I was still surprised. But since then, whenever I see Colin, he's off at college now. But when I see him, I'm like, remember, Melissa, he's a researcher. What does that mean? It means just because he looks really calm and quiet on the surface, he might be really going through something underneath mm -hmm. because he studies everything. Mm -hmm. and he hears everything and he notices everything and when he says this is the truth it's very likely true because researchers are the best counters of evidence ever they're not swayed by their own desires or emotions they have their own desires and emotions which a lot of people think they must not because they're so solid and stable on that calm surface of the lake um but they're they're just really grounded in um in a realism that we need so much in this world so yeah you know my soul gift quiz like help me have a better relationship with my own kid that's really really awesome i love that story thank you for sharing that so so many businesses fail in the first few years what keeps you going and what makes you different from others what makes me different? Oh, gosh, I've been at it for a while now. Um, well, that's true. You know, that's why I asked. I'm at it for a while. You know, yeah. On the other hand, you know, clearly what I'm learning more and more that makes me different is that I, I don't see this like you. I've built a bridge between the worlds. I've built my own bridge of integration that I invite other people to come and play on, which is um, this world of intuitive knowing is not relegated to religion or spare time or fantasy land or taking drugs or just in the shower or like we, it's time to let all of this power out to play. And when I say play, I also mean work because all of our world of work, which is about creating things in the world and collaborating with other humans when we allow these two worlds to integrate strategically, mm -hmm. not just accidentally, but strategically, then we can create in collaboration with the genius that informs and animates us. And that's where miracles happen. That's where the flow opens. That's where everything gets so much easier. So yeah. that's what I'm interested in. And that's what sets me apart is I think the fact that I, did grow up in a family that did, was not psychic and, and that I grew up in the courtroom sitting on my judge dad's lap, you know, while he adjudicates course cases. Um, when I then dove into this other world, I met it with a very fresh view, which was, okay, well, this is cool, but how can we use it? This is great, but how can it affect people in the real world? And this I like that it's like a very non-woo kind of uh, context, which which speaks to a whole different set of people. You're not just right. speaking to the people that already get I it. I don't see it as woo at all. I, re I really feel that it's the most powerful aspect of our creative selves. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about it is that you are saying it's part of you and you know whether whether you accept that part of you or not but it's part of you and when you give them really practical you know this is how you are this is how you meet the world and and all of that how can you you know it's just like when i say there are equations that help you get from one world to the other and we already know it you can even get something on your cell phone that does exactly what i'm saying and it's a free app <laughs> <laughs> right and so people go oh then it must be real <laughs> right mm -hmm. so a lot of entrepreneurs feel really isolated and they think their challenges are unique would you be willing to share to help <laughs> to help other entrepreneurs like understand that you know we're in this like most of us I'm a solopreneur yet I don't have like a really big company, but mm -hmm. it's, it's growing. I have a mm -hmm. couple of people, right? And so we tend to be kind of isolated. Is there any big challenge that you've met or still have ongoing? Um, a challenge that I have in terms of feeling connected? Is that what you mean? Or, or just, you know, just being an entrepreneur? Hmm. I think as lawyers and as scientists, we are entrepreneurs already. 
from the beginning? You know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 14 years old and I started raising cockatiels and selling them as pets. And then I started (laughs) preschool for kids, friends. And I mean, for friends, kids, friends of my parents, kids. And um, so for me, entrepreneurship is just sort of how I, how I roll, but, um, and I've, I've on a, when I was a lawyer, I took a couple of jobs to see what that would be like. (laughs) And I got an offer to be a partner, you know, in a, in a, for a partnership track for a um, very small, fantastic firm. But, but I realized I can't, I can't do it. Like I can't put on my pantyhose and sit at a desk, you know, and walk into court whenever someone tells me to 40 hours a week, I need, I need more space. And so when I think about entrepreneurship, that is, it is a roller coaster, you know, it's, it's not just this one steady paycheck with the, uh, you know, retirement account and all of that. So financially, I suppose that's the biggest excitement is um, some, some months there's, you know, 70,000 months and some months there's 5,000 months and that can be a real ride. Um, On the other hand, it's the only way that I know how you can actually, you know, it's a 70,000 month when I turn up the faucet and it's a 5,000 month when I turn down the faucet. So um, I I can say that it gets easier. I can say that as you, as you create more strategy and come at your business with more, um, with more intention and realism, Mm-hmm. because I've started to call coaching businesses uh, different than real businesses because so many people run coaching businesses just wahoo, like it's the wild west and uh, coming from a business law background. Um, I, you know, I've always known businesses with like business plans and, and P and L's and yep. projections. And yep. so, that's exactly um, we, that that's one of the, the things. So that would be, a tip to pass on to people is uh, to put mm-hmm. together right a real P and L statement Strategy. and treat your treat your business like a real business. There you, that go. you have mm-hmm. like for me, I have a marketing plan mm-hmm. and I have it all on my calendar, spread out for the whole year. Yeah, I for what I'm talking about, what I'm introducing, when I need to make sales, and all of that. And that's all that's all written down. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really important, people. So if you're just starting out, treat yourself like a real business, not like I'm just going to go out and get these clients and then whatever comes, comes. Mm -hmm. And not to do one-offs. Like a lot of people say, how much do you charge for a session? I say, I don't do sessions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a sampler set, you know, I have a sampler set that's small and then you know, then I have big packages. And usually the sampler set is for people that are really want enrolled in my certification program. And See, I love doing one-offs. I love doing one-offs. Yeah, well. Because I love solving a certain issue and then letting them letting do them their deal thing. With it. But I think, yeah, it depends. It just depends, depends on, what on the type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you're doing. Like for, mm-hmm. for me, when you're healing somebody, it's like changing, just like changing your habits. Let's say you decide now you're going to, let's make it even really simple. Let's say you're going to move your silverware from one drawer to another mm-hmm. and your subconscious will keep gripping into the old drawer for mm-hmm. weeks and months and even years. Mm-hmm. And that's how the energy flows in the body and to to move it from one flow to another to now reach into the new drawer it takes more than one session. One session is not going to solve it mm. for energy, for healing, but for maybe your thing, you know, give them a new strategy. Yeah, everybody, it's so different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, so you have a way to, for people to find out what their soul gift is. Can you yes. show where to find it? Yes, feel free. It's a free quiz. It takes about two minutes and it can really nail you and then it will invite you into... Uh, more education about what type of soul gift you really have. And all you need to do is go to soulgiftquiz.com. Mm-hmm. So S-O-U-L gift quiz.com. And there you're going to learn in just a few minutes, which of these soul gifts you are, whether you're a creator, 
like people probably thought Anastasia was, whether you're a transmitter like Anastasia really is, whether you're a messenger like I am. I think I tested out messenger. I did try it. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, but maybe I'm not. I'll I'll go back and do it again. (laughs) Well, what's cool is in the quiz, the quiz usually nails you. But then there's a deeper dive to take as well. If you really want to learn more about who you are and it's talking Mm -hmm. about, it can tell you more about your genius, about what type of genius flows through you. And so that adds a lot more information. That's awesome. So it's been a total delight, Melissa. And when you go to Soul Gift Quiz, people, you'll be able to connect to her website, melissaseaman.com. And she spells it with two L's, two S's, and seaman like the ocean and man like a man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you go to soulgiftquiz.com, you'll have access to me, though. No problem. Exactly. So you can find find out more about. (laughs) .com. No problem. The amazing Melissa, she is like that, just awesome. And I'm so excited that we got to do this today. Yeah, what fun. Thank you so much for inviting me here. And thank you to everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our wonderful guest, Melissa Seaman. You can connect with her at soulgiftquiz.com where you can get your free soul gift assessment. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me to check out my certification program to help you thrive as a healer or coach while building out your lucrative practice. When you're ready to learn more, I invite you into a conversation. I have reserved time for you on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Until next time. If you like this program, give it a thumbs up rating or a five star rating and be sure and subscribe to my channel. Thank you so much.